Hey, this is Alex with the Unbiased Trailblazer podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Unbiased Blazers. There's a link in our bio for our Discord server where you can join in on the discussions, give us your takes, give us comments, or simply just join in on a podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review our show. And if you're listening on Spotify, there's a new feature where you can rate our show as well. Now, let's get to the show. Rip City, baby. Three, two, one, zero, zero. Lift off and the clock has started. going on rip city super special special episode we got going on here um we've been we've been hinting at our special guest that we're going to be having here and we're super honored we're super excited to have her here um you i if you are a blazer fan you you know who she is it's the one it's the only brooke olsen dam thank you thank you thank you first of all for joining us how are you doing brooke Oh my gosh, it's my pleasure. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for asking me. You know, it's it's nice in the summertime, especially when obviously, well, is it summer yet? I think it just, I think we just hit the first day of summer. Actually, yesterday, it kind of felt like it was lovely yesterday. Yes. But my point is, um, in the summertime, you know, things are much, I mean, not even opposite of what it is during the season, the very, you know, kind of slower, relaxed, uh, you know, slow paced. I don't do a ton is, like I said, opposite of during the season when things are go, go, go. So it's nice to have little things like this to, you know, connect with you guys and the fans and just keep yes. it moving during the summer to, you know, stay fresh and keep talking about the team that I cover so that when it starts back up, you know, it feels like an easy transition. So I love doing stuff like this, but yeah, I'm great. It's, uh, we started doing uh, some workouts with the guys, the prospects coming in. So that's been kind of fun just to be able to get back in the practice facility, see everybody who we haven't seen anyone since the season ended. So that's been great. And then just kind of gets, you get excited for the draft, which is, that's kind of a new thing, especially for me, at least for my time here in Portland. Like this is like I mentioned to you before we started my sixth season, we just finished. So the draft hasn't always been the biggest deal because we've done so well in the postseason. So it's a different sort of postseason for me and the team, but it, I will say too, it's really exciting. And I'm, I can't wait to see what happens. And the next season I, I couldn't be more pumped for. So I'm overall, I'm great. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Good. Yeah, no, you're spot on. It's been a very strange season and it's, it's feels like such a long postseason just because we have really nothing to do with it. Um, But I wanted to ask you a couple questions real quick. I know in your last podcast, you talked about visiting your grandmother, I believe. Yes. Mm -hmm. In Seattle. How was, how was Seattle? How was that? It's great. So my dad lives there uh, in Leshi, which is, if you're not familiar with Seattle. It's really cool. It's on the water and you go through Rainier Valley to get there. And he's got this condo. He's the oldest guy there. I mean, it's a bunch of like, you know, 30, 20 year olds, 30 year olds. He's kind of like the mayor of this, this condo. It's right on the water, which he needs to be close to the water. So I love visiting him there. He comes down and visits a lot too. And his, his mother, my grandmother, who will turn 94 this, this next month, uh, has this, this little assisted living home up in Everett. And she just loves it. Her roommate is 101. Uh, Thelma. Yes. And Thelma, Thelma gets up every morning, puts on head to toe, like the most darling clothes, puts on her pearls. Like she just doesn't need a walker even. It's amazing. So my grandma, Dolores, who was just, I love her more than anything, went up and visited her and we always go out to lunch and 
she's always like, why is the food taking so long? I'm like, I'll ask grandma, <laughs> but it's the same thing every time we, we go out. So it's, it's cute. I, I, I wish I got to see her more. So during the season, uh, it's kind of like one of those things where my friends and family, they kind of realize, okay, well, she'll get back to me when she can, you know, it's, I missed a ton of, you know, birthdays, weddings, as do the players and coaches. It's just part of, you know, when you're in the traveling team, it's just, you know, comes with the gig. So it's when I really take my summers pretty seriously in terms of seeing as many of my friends and family as I can. So first on my list um, is always my grandma up in Everett. So yes, thanks for asking. She's, she's doing great. She actually gets root sports this year. There we go. Yeah. So she gets to watch cause she would be so angry before when she, she's like, I just don't know why I can't get it. And we try and, you know, I mean, as angry as a 94 year old little four foot 11 gal gets, but uh, she, she gets to watch it and she's a huge sports fan. She loves her Mariners, loves her Seahawks and now loves her Blazers. So it was a great, it was a great visit. Yeah, family is extremely important. So anytime you get a chance to see them, it's you have to do that. One other thing I wanted to ask you is I also heard on your podcast, you had a, a little thumb issue. And you had that. Oh, there we go. There it is. How's it doing? Well, it's good. It's been quite a journey for me. This happened last summer. If you heard the podcast, you know, it was the most mortifying, embarrassing story. It started with a butterfly. I was laying on the dock in my parents cabin. I freaked out. I rolled over. I heard something pop. I told my girlfriends, I think I did something. They thought I was overreacting because I have a tendency to do that. And uh, turns out um, halfway through the season, like I could, I could still couldn't write. I'm like, this is not normal. Like this shouldn't be like, it's been long enough. This should be healed. So, I, I mean, I could write, but it was a little painful. And then when I went back to look at my notes, sometimes I'm like, I don't know what that word is. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea what I wrote. So I went in and got an MRI and the doctor was like, yeah, you have a, it's called, I always say right, an inversion, aversion tear whatever we I tore my tendon off the off and it and it pulled a piece of bone with it oh so geez. yeah I have a tore tendon with a little piece of bone hanging and the doctor was like the surgeon was like you have to get this surgery like this week I go I can't I have three more at least three more months of the season and he's like well I guess we'll take a risk because he was like I, then he and then I, he realized you know he's a big basketball fan he's like oh okay I get it I get it you have to hold my <laughs> I get it he's like that's fine we'll wait till the end but there's just a little bit of a concern that you might you know kind of tear it even more and we won't be able to reattach yeah. it and we'll have to take a part out of your wrist to do it which kind of made me dry heave a little bit I'm like yeah. out of my wrist what yeah, exactly <laughs> oh but anyways i got through the season figured out how to read my own writing and then uh right as the season was over got the surgery and they put this god-awful like splint and then this gauze like it looked like a you know a mummy on halloween that you know someone <laughs> who couldn't think of another costume and just started wrapping themselves in it so that's what my arm looked like. So thank goodness, two days ago, I got the actual cast on. And so it's, I mean, it's still, I still feel like a 12 year old boy, like broke his arm falling off a swing, but you know, what are you going to do? I have to wear it for a month and I'm just going to get, I just wanted to get it done before yeah. it got really nice out, you know, exactly. before like it was summer, summertime. Get so. that tan line. You want that tan yeah. line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyways, I got to get through it. I've never broken a bone before or towards, and I've never done anything like this before. So it's, it's been an experience. My parents have been awesome. My dad came down for a while. My mom's here now back to the whole family thing. So I'm getting very well taken care of. Good. Good. Yeah. Um, one other question before we kind of jump into it. I just, one of my favorite things that you do is like the player interviews, like during the timeouts and stuff. And for me, at least, my favorite is when you did like the, they had to wear the headphones and read <laughs> my what, lips. Yeah. Without a doubt, that's my favorite thing. And I love watching them. Do you, is there one that you like overly enjoy more than the others? So, well, it's going to be the blast from the past. 
So Zach Collins took it so seriously. Like, you know, like Dame kind of is laughing, making fun of me. Nurk is like, I don't know what you're saying. You know, like, he's just like, <laughs> Nurk's kind of like rolling his eyes at the whole thing, but still like engaging, you know, like Nurk does. Yeah. Like pretends like he's over it, but he still wants to, you know, <laughs> wants to win. But Zach was so into it. I mean, there was one video, I mean, we have so many of them, but there was one where he was leaning in, like, we, I swear, like, we were like, started like 10 feet apart. And as I kept doing it, I was leaning, he was leaning in and all of a sudden we we're like five feet apart. And he's looking at me with, you know, how he has those eyes, like dagger eyes. Remember when he was mad on the, on the bench that one time yep. CJ was rubbing his back and all this and stuff. He looked just like that. And he was like, oh, and like breathing heavily and was trying so hard to say it. And he made up some random, I can't even remember what it was, but it was like, smurgish foggishma. I was like, well, it was blah, blah, blah. He's like, what, what am I talking about? And then I got mad at himself for making up a word. It, it was just, it was priceless because you know what? He's so competitive Zach is. And so he, he takes that competitive side that you see on the floor to like a game, like say what? And it was just, I, it took all out, all of me to not just bust out laughing. Cause that you would have thought it was like the spelling bee championship of the world. And if he didn't get, <laughs> if he got this right, he was going to win like $200,000. Well, I mean, Hey, they're competitors for a reason, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, I love those. And they're, they're so enjoyable. And, um, I know, I know, I, I didn't really say it, but without a doubt, out of all the like sports casters that we've had and, you know, other teams that I'm fans of, without a doubt, you are my favorite. And I, think, I think it's probably unanimous. There's not many people that would disagree with that. You, the amount of people when we finally got to announce that you were doing it, they were so excited and they were oh, just throwing cool. out so many questions for us to ask you. So oh, good. you are loved and, and oh. we love you and you just keep going. I appreciate that. And just so you know, and I don't, I, I hope I say it enough, but I love you guys. I mean, our, our, the fan base and I brag about them all. The, I, I wanted to say us, I brag about us all the time <laughs> to other people. Like I, I had this, this trip I went on a while ago, I think it was my second year with a bunch of other sideline reporters around the NBA, our, our, our friends of mine. We have, it's really cool. We're all like really, we're cool with each other. We really support each other and we're, we're true friends. And we went to Mexico like four or five years ago. And we're just like chilling in the pool, talking about, you know, our jobs and we were going around like fan base and, and, you know, everyone's kind of going around telling like their roughest story with dealing with fans on Twitter or like things that were, were said. And it got to me, I was like, I really, my fan base and I really like each other. <laughs> like, I don't have any stories. <laughs> and they're like, you know, you haven't gotten into, I was like, no, like one time I, I, I went, like, I could think of one thing and it wasn't even that bad. And I was like, one time I, um, I laughed at a Jamal Crawford interview on like Jay Leno and a couple of people DM me. They're like, just so you know, a lot of the fan base is not a fan of Jamal Crawford's. And I, I, that was like the only thing I can remember. I was like, well, I just thought it was funny. I just thought it was funny. I mean, you know, so I, to, to just reiterate, uh, I think our fan base is the greatest. I say it all the time. I'm, I'm, I'm not being biased. I mean, I talk like Charles Barkley. I've talked about it. He says, you know, Blazers are the best fan base in the NBA. And so it's, it's, well-known around the league. And for me, it's, it's just been such a great fit. Like I've worked for another team. I've worked for, you know, in different sports, I've worked for networks. I've done pretty much everything in all realms and working for a team is such a special thing in general. But then when you have such a connection with the fan base and like yin yang, you like get each other, like you guys get me, I'm, I'm not, I'm pretty unorthodox and kind of how I do things. It's not, it's not by the book. And that's kind of how our fan base is, you know? Yeah, so it's just sure. an, it's one of those like once in a lifetime things where it's a great fit. And I feel so lucky to, you know, be close to home, be in my neck of the woods. And then mm-hmm. not only that, but just 
such a such a part of this organization in terms of the the people that I work with and the fans and the team and the coaches. It's just been so. The word synergy is thrown around a lot, but that's just really how I feel. And our Bla- our Blazers broadcasting group with my my producer director Kevin Lamar, all the guys in the truck, Nick, our pregame producer Michael Holden, like we all just really like each other. And when you have a group of people that you work together every day and you like each other, you enjoy it, that can only enhance the product. And not to mention, you know, the other outlier, not the outliers, but the outskirts, you know, then you got people in sales and sponsorship that we, I don't work as closely with, but we still work with them. Same deal. And then you got a great, you know, leader in Dame and, you know, great coaching staff this year. And it's just, it's just been wonderful. And I thank the fan base for many reasons, you know, one for just, you know, letting me in and giving me a chance and then, you know, really forming a relationship with me. And I, I, I mean, I, I know the more, it's funny. Like I, I, if I don't like when people walk up and, and they're like, hi, Brooke, I'm like, I know, I know. And they'll say their Twitter name. I was like, Oh, there we go. You know, like I know a lot of people's Twitter names just because of that. And then I see them in real life. I'm like, okay, I'm so glad I put a face to a Twitter handle. Exactly. But you guys are great. I love you. So I wanted to ask you like, how, what, how did you get into sports casting? Like, what was your first, like, what led you to want to do that? Well, um, my dad was a high school boys basketball coach when I was growing up in Medical Lake, which is right outside Spokane, which is where I grew up. And so like we would, my mom, my my whole family went to every single one of his games. And that was back when he was, he started out in B and then went to class A. And what that means in a small town like that, as you probably know, you're driving an hour, an hour and a half to Chewila, to Deer Park, to Colfax, to, so your away games are, you know, a bit of a trek. And so it's a you know, dedication. And we went to all of them. We went to every single one away. I mean, unless there was some other thing, family thing we had to do every single home game. And so it was just kind of our way of life was basketball is what we did. And so I, I played growing up. I, my mom will tell you, I was the only girl on the boys basketball team many years, many years. I The only way I'd get the ball is if I rebounded because they would never <laughs> pass to me. So I got a little bit better at rebounding because of that. And um, then I just, I played in, you know, in elementary, junior high, played in high school, wasn't good enough to play in college by any means, but I just enjoyed it. And that was just something that came easy to me. I, I loved, I loved the aspect of sports. Volleyball was probably, I was probably better at volleyball, but I really loved basketball. And that was like my passion growing up. My dad and I watched every NBA game together. I mean, I, my girlfriends, all I say this a lot, had like posters of like boy bands. I had like David Robinson, Gary Payton, Clyde Drexler, you know, like all those around. I just kind of, I was the tomboy of my friends, but I always knew I wanted to do something in sports. I wasn't exactly sure what I always knew I was going to go to Washington state. It's a family tradition. And I grew up going to the football games every single, when they were home, you know, Cougar football Saturday. So it was just, I always knew I wanted to be a Coug. So I was the only school I applied to. And I knew they had a great communication school, very good, but I still wasn't entirely sure how sports would integrate into that until I got in there and Moral School of Communications, Edward R. Moral, they do such an amazing job where when I when I realized that this was this is something I could do, I'm like, well, I gotta really delve into this, you know, because you could your sophomore year, actually your freshman year, you could actually try to be on cable eight was our news station or our, actually our, just our channel. You could do a bunch of different shows. So you could pitch shows to cable eight and they would put them on air and it was our student channel. So I was doing a, a, a like a, an extreme sports entertainment show my sophomore year. I was uh, doing a, like an SNL type show, a late night show, everything I possibly could just to kind of get in front of the camera and get a feel for that. And then as you got further in your um, education with Murrow, they put you out doing like you do weather one night, you produce a newscast one night, you would direct it, you do every aspect of the newscast 
to see what felt right. You know, I did weather one night, bust, <laughs> bust. I'm like, it's going to be cold. Snow, snow, white snow everywhere. You're going to slip. Like that was about it. And then, and then I would, I do, you know, like hard news and it was kind of a bummer, you know, but it was fine. And then I went and did my first um, men's basketball game, came back after the game to do, you know, the highlights, like a normal newscast, it was student run and did the highlights and then, you know, did showed my interviews post game. And it just felt so, so natural. It was just like, well, I know what I'm talking about, but you know, I know basketball and I love talking about it. And mm-hmm. it just, it was kind of like, it was like a light bulb went off. I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do. And so then I graduated and I, I kind of took a weird, a weird turn. I would, I would say 90%, I don't know, maybe 80% of people that want to get into news or sports news or sports broadcasting for that matter, go to a small market, let's say a Medford, you know, kind of get going, figure out every aspect of it, and then move up to another market. And they're there for two years. And that works out for a lot of people. And I think it's a great, great path because you learn every aspect. You're shooting your own stuff. You're running back to the studio, you're editing or, you know, back to the um, the station you're editing. And then you have a quick turnaround. You got to get, it's great. You learn so much. And I completely recommend it. I, on the other hand, was so naive. And my parents are both in education. I knew no one in broadcasting at all. I had a friend that knew Angie Mentink, who has worked at Root Sports since she graduated uh, from UW, played softball there and was a stud and played softball professionally for a while. And they hired her. She's been there forever. And I had a friend who knew her, uh, asked if I could meet her for, you know, just uh, appetizers and kind of pick her brain. So we met in Seattle. She was great. Uh, talked with her forever. And I gave her my reel. And I said, you know, I'd love to just start out, you know, running coffee, whatever. I just want to get my foot in the door at Fox Sports Northwest, which is now Root Sports, which we are now on, which is so full circle. And she's like, you know what? Yes, I, I, I feel good about this. So she went and turned my reel in or she went and looked at it. I'll get it back to the end of that story and, and then gave it to the EP. And my guy called me, this guy called me in the next day. He's like, would you be willing to like log tape and, you know, put together highlights for our talent, like highlight, um, sh- like a shot sheet. So like I would write the highlights and I'd edit them together. And then Angie would read them, you know, during the, during the segment. And so I did that for a year and a half, worked in an Italian restaurant to make sure I could pay rent for lunch. And then I'd run over to the station, log tapes, do all that. And then in, in the off, the small off time I had, I would follow the actual anchors, actual reporters out onto the field and do fake standups. I would, you know, bake cookies for the camera guys to take five minutes out of their time when they were done to shoot a fake standup, put all those together, go show my EP. He'd tell me, okay, you could do this better. You could do this. I'd go out for another three months, put it together again, go back and just kept bugging him for a year and a half. Finally, he put me on UW volleyball sideline. That was my first gig, live gig ever. It was final four, which was pretty exciting. Wow. And yeah, I, I, I did decent enough that they put me on football basketball that led to a Huskies magazine show that led to a running with the pack magazine show, which was national with the pack 10 when it was the pack 10 and little things throughout there. did some uh, freelance work with uh, in Portland with like talking ball rips to live. And then took a job with the Indiana Pacers, which is my first stint in the NBA I was there for three years, learned a ton. I knew that's what I wanted to do. And when I had the opportunity to come back home and cover you know the team I grew up watching it was just a dream come true that's the short version and the funny part of the story that I'm coming around to I think you probably know this story because if you're listening to the podcast I think I talked about it um the reel I gave Angie with all my all this stuff I had put together in college that she could look at and you know show EP about mm, five years later I've been doing I've been on air for a couple years and you know, Angie and I were just chatting about something. She's like, by the way, I've always been meaning to tell you, remember when you gave me that reel when we met like five years ago? I was like, yeah. She's like, there was nothing on it. It was blank. 
I was like, what? <laughs> All that hard work. All that hard work. I don't know what happened. I guess when I went to do, like the copy, I don't know what happened. I'd like to blame someone else. I'm sure it was user error on my part, but I still got the job. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like we got Fawad. He finally joined us. He, he was a little Hi, busy. Hi. I'm so sorry for being late. I just uh, had a family issue I had to deal with. No, I hope everything's okay. We're glad you're here. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm so thankful that you're here to join us. And yeah, um, I, I was with my grandfather. He's okay. He's doing better. Good. Um, yeah, just once again, we're so excited uh, to have you on. And I'm sorry I couldn't be here earlier again, but uh, I, I've just been looking forward to today for so long. Oh, no, me too. Well, you know what? We, before you got here, we were talking about family and how important it is. And I just went up to see my grandma. who mm -hmm. We're lucky we have our grandparents, right? So mm -hmm. yes, I, I completely understand. And I, you should, you should be there to take care of your grandpa as I was there to see my grandma. So glad you're here now and glad we're all here together. For sure. So Fawad, I'm going to let you, cause this, you were the one that brought the original idea, the heart foundation. I know it's, it's super big for, for Brooke. And since you were the one that kind of wanted to ask about it, I'll let you go with it. Uh, yeah. So obviously we've, uh, we've heard a lot about your work that you've done with the, uh, with your heart foundation and the program with the blazers. Um, so, uh, we just wanted you to talk about it a little bit more, like let other people, uh, know, you know, the story behind it. I know mm -hmm. it's, uh, pretty personal to, to you. So whatever you're comfortable sharing, uh, we just love to hear more and, uh, just like continue to raise awareness for it. Yeah. I appreciate that very much. Uh, every, every platform I can to talk about it. I, lo I love to talk about it just to get awareness out. So I appreciate it. Yeah, I know if you, uh, for those who don't know, and uh, every February for the last three years, uh, we've been doing Brooke Hearts Your Heart Foundation. And I feel very comfortable talking about it because in, right before you got on here for a while, we were talking about the relationship that the fans and I have, which is a very special one to me. And so it feels just easy and uh, welcoming to talk about personal stuff because I know that they have my back and they are supportive just as I am just as supportive of them as a fan base. It's like back and forth, I think, with us. So uh, I, I felt really like there was the right time to kind of focus on how I can make this tragedy into something positive. And it took a while to get there. But after a couple of years with the team and with the fan base, I'm like, this is the right time, the, the right people, the right organization, the right, you know, right group of people that I feel totally comfortable talking about this. And, and I want to help all these people. Like if there's a way I can help one or two of them, gosh, that's, that's all that matters. So yeah, I told my story about uh, my husband who was a professional athlete, perfect, perfect health. Uh, I mean, played college football, played semi pro football was played for the giants for a little bit and was still trying to get back into the league. So he was actively working out, like staying in, in professional shape and ran all the time, lifted, ate, ate, ate very well, took very good care of himself. But um, on our honeymoon after like 10 days after we, we got married, he had a heart attack on the treadmill in the hotel, um, workout room and passed away, uh, in Florida, which where we had planned on moving. We were doing a, like a pseudo honeymoon there. So that happened 11 years ago and it was totally shocking. Um, not only cause he was again, in perfect health and 27 years old, but we had no idea that he had a Carter artery, had a heart issue, didn't run on his family. Um, there was the only, after the fact, we started thinking like, were there signs that we missed or like, what, how could this have happened? And there were a few that now I know to look for, which I had never even thought of because we never would have imagined he would have an issue like that, which is one, uh, when he would run or do a lot of cardio, he would get, he would go through like 10 shirts and I'm not even exaggerating. He brought like a, a, a 
stack of shirts to change into because he would profusely sweat. He'd be so tired after running. And I remember running with him and I hate, I hate running, but he hated running more than anything, but he would do it. You know, he would push himself and run further than he wanted to. And, you know, do all these things that were on his list of things he had to do for his workouts. And he would just be so overly exhausted by the cardio aspect. And I just like me, I thought he just hated running, but later to find out that because of his heart issues, it, it was, it was so consuming that, and so blocked that he was putting in 10 times the effort that you or I would with a healthy heart. I mean, that's how much extra effort he had to put in just to make me run as, as fast or as long as someone with a normal heart which would create excessive tiredness. So that was one of the things that I talked about. I think it was, it was last year. That was kind of my focus or two years ago was listen to your body, you know, make sure and, and, and be aware of your the people in your family and your, your friends, if you're noticing signs like that. And I'll tell you guys one, one story that sticks out to me above all is one of my girlfriends from college um, sent my video with Lamar talking about this, exactly what I'm talking to you guys about sent the video to her sister who runs her own fitness studio, young, super in shape, obviously does classes every day. And she sent it to her and she's like, I just want you to watch this because I've, I've wondered about this with you. I've kind of noticed these signs when you're working out and doing a lot of cardio, you seem to be more tired than you should. You're in perfect shape. So she watched the video, her sister did, and kind of got a little like, wow, you know, this might be something went into a cardiologist and had to have emergency open heart surgery like the following week. And it wow. saved her, it saved her life. So that right there, I mean, it gives me chills just to talk about, but so that was one, just listen to your body and listen to your heart. And also just ways to take care of yourself, you know, get out and walk just, and there's a lot of little things on the website too. If you go to AHA, uh, Brooke hearts, your heart uh, at the trailblazers.com that was up at, during February. Cause that's when we raise a lot of money. That's when we raise the raise money is in the, uh, obviously it's heart month. So I would go to AHA where they have a ton of tools that will just, just get you thinking. Cause I think we take it, we take for granted heart health. I mean, it's the number one killer of women. And I don't, I didn't even know that until I started working with the AHA. So there's so many things you can learn and just, just to be aware of because heart disease affects all of us, whether it's us in particular, our family or close friends. I mean, I've had so many people come up to me just on the concourse and tell me stories about their family and what they've been through. And a lot of people saying, you know, I've changed my, some of my lifestyle um, decisions based on, you know, what I've learned from Brooke Hearts Your Heart, which is all I could ask for. So it's been a huge success. We've raised a ton of money for the Heart Association. It's been by far the most fulfilling thing I've ever done. And we're gonna keep doing it uh, every month moving forward. Uh, February, I'm just gonna infiltrate you guys with heart information. So please do, we'll, we'll welcome it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't even imagine how that must have felt. And like, I, I completely get that whatever you can to help other people in that situation, like, uh, I can imagine how fulfilling that might be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I wish I could help in any way I can, you know, next, next February, I'll definitely be on the lookout and donate, oh, uh, you know, even a little bit of even a little bit of money. Well, this right here is helping <laughs> you, you tell you asking me about it is, is helping. So you just did. That's true, too. <laughs> and I'm learning a lot just from talking to you as well. Good. That's the goal. <laughs> yeah well, I, i'm telling you i learned a lot i didn't know any, i mean I, I i only knew my personal story and i and i i learned a, a lot after that as we went through like what happened and and i every year when i'm you know sitting down with the aha and kind of planning our and with annie who runs the foundation through the trailblazers who by the way i have to give a shout out to our organization every year they match up to five thousand dollars which is unbelievable so that's just like 
Thank you, Trailblazers, for that. Yes. And but I learn so much every year. Every year we do this, I learn something new. So I think you can can never stop learning. I mean, we, for first year we talked mm -hmm. about AEDs and making sure those are in every possible place needed, and obviously how to use them. And so on the on Brooke Hearts Your Heart, we had you know step by step instructions on how to use an AED and then also how to perform CPR. So that's another thing. If you're bored one day and you're scrolling through Twitter and you're like, gosh, I really have nothing to do. Go check out how to use an AED or how to perform CPR. I mean, could you think of a better way to spend your time than doing something like that that might actually save a life one day? Yes, very much so. That's a that's actually a really like a lot of times people spend their time on Twitter just scrolling away, and it's like oh, guilty here, guilty here. <laughs> I trust me, I'm there too. TikTok right now, I'm okay. I, I got a problem with TikTok, um, but no, I totally I totally agree. If to learn something that can save a life is much, mm -hmm. much more important than just scrolling through and seeing random things. So like Fawad said, I appreciate you sharing that story. I know it's, it's difficult and I know you're proud of the foundation and, and we're proud that you bring this to light and let everyone, you know, learn from it. And um, so you, what was the website again? I just want to make sure we get that. Uh, well, it's, it was trailblazer, Brooke Hearts, your heart. Um, com, But I just I want to make sure that it's still up because it's very much up in February, but then they take it down because they have to do uh, get all the donors and all that sure. stuff because people were so wonderful. So I don't want to give you any misinformation. So can you I will when we're done with this, I'll make sure to check and then I'll send you a little note and you totally can find your listeners. If totally not, then, then go to AHA, but that okay. for sure AHA.com has everything. I mean, under the sun. So that okay. was by far best. But every February, com. Got that. Okay. So Obviously, this is a Blazer podcast. It wouldn't be a Blazer podcast without at least talking about some current Blazer issues. So your last podcast, you had mentioned that you weren't really you hadn't really decided what what your feelings were for our seventh round pick. Have you or seventh round seventh pick? Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> we're in the NFL. Sorry. <laughs> Do you have any opinions on it now or are you still kind of in that same boat? I'll say this. I was, it was raw for me because I was just coming off the draft party with a bunch of my coworkers where we're all sitting around Dame's, you know, up there and everyone's like a couple of my, one of my coworkers, Heather brought like her, like a candle, like that is our good luck candle. And I put it on the, at Dr. Jack's, like everyone had their certain things they had going on. And um, so we were all really into it and hoping it would be, you know, of course, everyone's wishful thinking, wouldn't it be yeah. great if like top three, top four. And I, I've since like, I've since stepped back and been more realistic and a seven, I mean, seven out of the top college players in the nation. I mean, that's great. That's yes. great. If that's the worst case scenario, I'm, I'm okay with it. And we went, you know, I, I mentioned it too. We, a bunch of people went back and started scrolling like number seven picks in past drafts. There've been some pretty impressive guys that were drafted at number seven. So I am actually, I've, I've been, I've, took a step back and I'm excited about it, but I'm also excited to see if it's, if it will be used in a different way. If it's, you know, if they use it to, with another team for a trade, I don't know. There's so many options that can, that are unknown right now. And that's kind mm -hmm. of what's exciting. Like I mentioned earlier, the unknown of this off season, we have no idea. So it's just kind of like, what's going to happen today. So who knows what's going to happen with that, with that pick, but I have, I've come to terms with it and I'm excited about it. And I think I don't want to say it could be worse. That doesn't sound positive, but I, I it could be, you know, I mean, it could be. We've you been guilty of saying that before. So <laughs> I think that we have a great team with our Joe Cronin and our new uh, um, uh, associate GMs that 
I mean, you got Mike Schmidt who comes in, who's like the king of scouting and he is mm-hmm. just a wealth of knowledge. He knows all these guys. If you go to his Twitter, I mean, he's already interviewed half of them. And so I think his mind will be very much used in this situation. Joe's been doing this since he was an intern and these other guys coming in. I just, I think there's so much intelligence and knowledge in terms of guys coming up in the system that I think that I I have full faith in whatever they decide to do. If they decide to stick with number seven or go a different route. Um, I, but I, I think it's a good thing. I I was, it was a little raw when I, when I did that podcast, cause I was, we were all so excited. Like, what do you think? Three, four, two, you know, but seven's fine. Seven's good. We're not disappointed. I mean, we don't have to make the decision. So we just get to sit back and watch. Um, before we wrap up, I wanted to kind of just end it on a lot. We had, like I said, a lot of people that listened to us gave us a lot of questions. Um, Yes. I love that. I took a couple of them. I just wanted to ask you a couple of them. They're kind of fun questions. Um, so I love fun. First, first things first, um, which, which shot to you was more impressive, more exciting, the Dame shot against Houston or the Dame shot against OKC? See, I'm biased because I was at OKC. So I, I, st- I think I still would say, oh, I really do think I still would say, okay, see, let's pretend I was at neither or I was at both. I don't know. With, with everything on the, everything that that shot did, I mean, it completely, an entire I team. I mean, how many people can say they did that to an entire conversation? <laughs> and then I loved later, like an interview, Dane was like, that was for the Sonics. Oh gosh. Or that was for Seattle. I mean, that was like, gave me chills. But that whole, that whole scenario, I mean, I just remember I was standing there. I, I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I wasn't working. Of course, it was national. I was so mad. I was like, why does this have to be a national game? But I was there just watching. And I just remember standing there in the corner because I was in my seat. And then I, I had to be down on the floor for the end of it. I sat to. And then you got, you got Dame who just, you just saw it. You know, when, I, when he got the ball, he was pumped coming down the floor. So you just got a defensive stop. And then you got Nurk over there. Oh gosh, it had everything. It had every like it had all the drama. And then after he shot it, his family's right there, his brother, his sister, and then they jump on him. And then everyone does. You got like Ennis runner, you got Mo. I mean, just everyone's just like jump, jumps on him, you know. And then that one shot, and our guy, I was either, oh gosh, they're gonna kill me. It was either Tristan or Justin Moulter. Tristan or Justin, one of you is gonna be mad at me because I can't remember which one. One of our guys caught, was the guy that caught on his own camera when Dame looked up and did the nod when he mm. was laying in the in the dog pile, <laughs> which that's one of my favorite shots of all time. So I just feel like I, I, that can't be beat, but I, I know that there will be like purists that were at that Houston game that will say that was the best. And I can't argue with you too. I, I, I think it's like choosing your favorite child, right? Sure. You, you, can't, you can't go wrong but I have to go with the one I was at. No, I yeah. think, I mean, at least for me, I agree with you. Everything about that OKC shot was just how smooth he was after. And like, oh, yeah. it still gives me chills to think about it. So it was funny. We, I was at my cousin Ben's. Uh, he's actually a ER doctor here in Portland. He went to OHSU and he's a huge Blazers fan. That is, has nothing to do with the story, but he and his wife and their one and a half year old have a place in Happy Valley. They've they just bought a home in my dad and my son went over there on a couple nights ago for his birthday, two days ago for his birthday. And they have a really nice house, big living room. And they, their son is just like mine. They love sports. I mean, he's only one and a half, but they have like the little soccer goals, you know, and the basketball everywhere in the house. And Theo, that's my son's name was playing my cousin Ben in soccer in the living room. And it was four to four. And Theo had this crazy kick. 
I don't know if Ben let him, but I, I don't think he did actually. I think Theo actually did score. He scores on him and it was to win the game and no joke without any, I didn't, no prompting whatsoever. Theo turns around and does the bye, the dame goodbye. <laughs> he waved and walked out of the living room. I was like, that's my kid. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> it was awesome. I was like, no, you, no, you're not. He's like, just like stepped away and just waved at, at the crowd. I was like, that is the, that's, I've never been more proud in my whole life. <laughs> It was awesome. Yeah, there's no wrong answer to either option, but the OKC one is just, you couldn't write something as good as that. No. It's 450 points, just everything about it. So I have behind me um, is, I have, so you guys can't see. Did you guys show the video on your podcast or just the voices? This this will be on, this will be on the video. Okay. Too. So you see that this is my NBA uh, city map that I had built, I had made. And every NBA city has a little platform. And so I get a shot glass from every city that I travel to. So it's all full, but I ordered one special because I love it so much. And it, it has to do with this story. So this one is for OKC and I special ordered it and it says bad shot on it. <laughs> I was actually that watching, is awesome. I was watching another podcast you were on last year and you talked about it on that one too. And I really wanted oh, I to did. ask you. That, this is only the second time because I've only talked about it twice. <laughs> I really wanted to ask you about that over here as well because I, I thought it was like just amazing. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I love it. It was just like, I wanted something because I've never bought a house before. And so I bought this very humble little rancher in Southwest Portland. And I wanted, I'm not a big art, I'm not artsy. I don't like I don't know what is good art and what's not. I'm just, I let my girlfriends do that kind of stuff and decorate for me because it's just not in my wheelhouse. But I wanted something that was cool, that was different, that was unique and kind of like one of a kind. And this guy was awesome. I I bought um, an outline of Oregon with the hoop on it. You know, it's like a backboard of Oregon wood and it's, it's not really, you shouldn't probably be shooting on it, but it's more decor, but Theo still shoots on it. But I asked him, I was like, do you do anything like, like if I had an idea, could you make it? He's like, yeah, what do you got? I was like, I want to do something NBA related with the cities. And so we kind of just collaborated and came up with this and he did an amazing job. And it's the only one there is, I think, to, that I know of, but everyone's like, what the heck is behind you? <laughs> it looks awesome to me. So thank mm. you. Thank you very much. It's fun. Are there any other ones with cool stories or is that? Um, most of them I just get from like the Rite Aid down the street from the hotel. Not <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> um, let's see, I got... No. Well, well, Chicago is a Jordan one because you got to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Most of them are just like whatever, the, you know, their special thing in their city and just like, I love Dallas. Or <laughs> but yeah, I love New York. Um, I love Boston. Mostly they just show like whatever monuments or like mm-hmm. the Golden Gate Bridge for, oh, oh, I have Alcatraz with a little prisoner like hanging over the side of it. But Yeah. Oregon is the state of Oregon with the green heart, which I love. Yep. It's pretty interesting. So let me, let me give you two more questions before we get you out of here. Um, I have a feeling one of these questions you kind of already asked. I'm going to assume your most memorable game was probably the OKC one. That's up there. The four overtime with Rodney Hood. Oh, that's a good one. one. But it's still OKC for me. Um, So four overtime one is my personal favorite game of all time. Which one? The four overtime one, it's my personal favorite game of all time. It's a close second. It's a close second. <laughs> that one was wild. Oh, but Rodney, who's cold, sitting on the bench, just gets in there, just bam, bam. I loved Rodney so I, I love Rodney so much. Just a sweetheart of a guy. And that was, he was cold-blooded that night, though. Yeah. So do you have a funny team moment that you can share that maybe not many people know about? 
The problem is I talk about everything all the time. That's, the that's kind of how I thought. <laughs> I tell stories for a living, so I don't usually keep them to myself. You've probably already heard of them. Um, well, one of my favorite stories was when I, and this happened a while ago, so maybe maybe, I don't think, maybe you've forgotten or maybe it's just been a long time. Some people might not remember, but I was at the practice facility in Tualatin and I'm, I'm lived, I used to live downtown, like Southwest Waterfront or South Waterfront. And all the players, most of them live in Lake Oswego or Tiger Twelch and closer to the PF so that they can get in and out, which makes sense to me. And I live downtown. So I leave the PF, I'm driving down where you like get off on either left to go to NATO Parkway or go right to go up to Beaverton. And all of a sudden I'm looking, it wasn't usually there's, it's kind of like crowded at, at that spot, but it was, it was kind of, but not too much, but cars were still moving. I look up and there's a car like a block and a half in front of me. And I see it swerving and all of a sudden I just hear, and the, there was a white van in front of the car. It had it must, something must have happened in front of that white van to make it swerve. It did a complete 180 and head on collision with the car behind it, like a little Camry and smoke's coming over. I and mean, I watched it happen. I was like, geez. And so like I pull over off to the side because it was on the left lane and the guy gets out of the white van. So he's okay. He's seemingly fine. I was like, are you all right? He's like, yeah, I'm he was like, just kind of like, whoa, what just happened? He was fine. I look in and there's a, a young woman in the front seat of the Camry and the airbag has gone off. You know, there's stuff everywhere. She is completely out of it and she's coherent, but she's like, she's in shock. I was like, you're okay. Just don't move. It's going to be fine. I am going to call 911. Just don't move. And she kept trying to, to get up because I think that was just instinctual. Like she just kept trying to stand up and get out of the car. I was like, no, don't, don't move. Just stay where you are. And so I'm on the phone with 911 trying to get them, try, trying to call someone to come. And the guy's kind of like standing there, but he's kind of out of it still too. And then, so I'm trying to like with one arm holding her down, like stay in your car, stay in your car and on 911 with my, with my other hand. And all of a sudden I hear this voice behind me, like, can I help? What's going on? Can I help? And I turn around and Evan Turner has pulled <laughs> off in his Rolls Royce on the side of the road. He's like, I'm like, yes, ET, you can. Could you please come <laughs> talk to her while I talk to 911? So he goes up, he's like, you're good. You're good. You know, like telling her she's fine. And she was so in, like insistent on getting out of the car. I was like, fine. Okay. But are you, she's like, she, I was like, where do you hurt? And she was like, kind of pointing her rib and, but she could walk. And so I go put her in your car, Evan. So he opens up the front seat of his Rolls Royce car. You get in all the little stars. I don't know. I've never been in a Rolls Royce. They have little stars on the ceiling. Yep. Like, light comes down. That was new to me. So she's sitting there. I'm on the phone with 911. Finally, they show up. Then you got this, 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 this van of kids that have like are leaving school or high school, and they're all leaning out the window. That's Evan Turner, and they're taking pictures. And this, all of a sudden, I become like some mama bear. I was like, no photos, no photos. I'm like in front of ET, like, what am I doing? Like, I'm on the phone with 911, going, no photos. I don't know why I did that. And uh, so then they finally get there. You know, they're taking care of it. ET's, I'm, I'm, we're taking like turns sitting with her to calm her down and so ET's out talking to the paramedics at one point I'm sitting in the roles with my only my first and only time I'll ever be on one <laughs> sitting next to her and she's like cool at this point she's like calm down I'm like can we call someone and and she's like yeah my dad and as like I'm ready to call I go do you know like what have you like kind of do you see where you're at right now she's like kind of I was like you're in like a Blazers Rolls Royce right now. She's like, my dad loves the Blazers. I was like, well, let's tell him. So we call him and I mean, I'm talking to her dad. I was like, and then I hand it to her. She's like, 
we're in Evan's, I'm in Evan Turner's car. And you can hear her dad's like, what? <laughs> Anyways, it was the most bizarre, the bizarre scenario that you could ever imagine. So ET gets in his car. I'm like, thank you, man. See you tomorrow at the game. And I get her information. And the next day, of course, well, then the, the local news catches on to it and they did a whole story and then they interviewed her and we gave her tickets to the next game, her and her dad. And then uh, I did an interview with ET pregame the next day to talk about it. And he was, he's the funniest person, not even the funniest player I've ever met, like the funniest person I've ever met. And he's, he's like, I got to give all the credit to you. I was just driving by, you know, I, I'm like the only person in the city with a Rolls Royce. So I knew if Brooke looked over at Sami and drive by, I was like, Hey, she'd be like, what an asshole. So he pretty much admitted that and the only reason he pulled over is because he knew I would recognize this car. While driving by. Oh, that is great. That yeah. is, I've never heard that story. So oh, really? Great. Oh, it was a long time. I think it was year two, year one or year two. It had to be year two. Yeah, it was a long time ago, but yeah. And then ET and I went on to have a podcast, which I could tell you 9 million stories about. He asked, he had to be facing the door at all times so that if someone came in, he could, you know, he had to have, knew where all his exits were. He could drop, roll. So essentially I was in the line of fire every podcast, but he knew where he could escape. <laughs> he got it all planned him. out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's great. I still talk to him every once in a while. He, he's um, a dad now. He's just focusing on being a dad. He was a great one. So one of my favorite players of all time. Okay. Every ET story is just hilarious. Every ET story. I mean, you talk to every <laughs> every sideline reporter or broadcaster that's ever like covered him in like in Philly or wherever he's played. Everyone has like a list of ET stories, and they're all like organic. It's not like he goes out of his way to create these crazy. Like, remember when the semi truck fell in his pool? Mm, yeah. I mean, crazy. How does that happen? <laughs> Only ET. <laughs> <laughs> so, last question before we get you out of here. You can undo any blazer injury at any era, any time. One one injury. Who would it be? Oh my goodness. Well, I mean, if you're asking me personally, like a short-term one, I the Nurk one like shook me up for a long time, but I know that was temporary and he's back. So that one doesn't count. I mean, I would have loved to have seen what Gray Godin could have done. I I mean, what could have been. Uh, but yeah. I honestly, if I say that, but then at this on the same at the same time. I know what Brandon Roy did. So it's kind of like, do I want to know what could have been with Greg, which I think that I mean, we saw him play obviously in college, a very good mm -hmm. player, but we saw what Brandon Roy was capable of in the league. So that one's almost harder. Yeah. That one's almost harder. I, I actually kind of think I need to save you, Roy. Uh, that's what I would say as well, mm -hmm. actually. By the way, I did trivia the other night with my mom, rain, rain trivia, shout out. And uh, the final question, which was worth the most points um, the rest of them were like geography, I, 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 <laughs> but the last one was sports and it was other than Damian Lillard, the most recent two blazers that were all-stars. And obviously we knew LaMarcus right away. And then I was like, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's B Roy. And then we heard the other table. They're like, oh, but it was she, and then my mom was like, she didn't care about that stuff. I was like, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, we, we had B Roy. We we're the only two that got it in the whole thing. I love it. We were the only two. We still didn't win the whole thing, but we were just proud of that one category. You didn't, you didn't win the whole thing? No. Just, you no, have we, the geography of the United States behind you. and you. I know. It was world geography. Oh, okay. That's fair. <laughs> I wouldn't know half the answers either then. Oh, that was funny. One of them was like Florence and the Machines, uh, most recent album title. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Nope. Not me. No. But it was still fun. I was just proud of the getting the Brandon Roy one right. Hey, that's all that matters. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to add for before we let her go? Um, no, I think that's all the questions. But I just want to thank you again. Like 
uh, your presence on TV and everything makes the game so much more exciting to watch. Wow. And it's just, even when it's a down season like this year, like tuning in to watch, you know, you and Kevin and Lamar, like the whole crew is just, it's, it's wholesome. It's enjoyable to watch. Uh, I appreciate so all of you and your, your friendship with uh, Amara online is always something that, fun to watch as well mm-hmm. on social media. That girl's so, my heart, man. <laughs> just, she is, thank you, know, you for saying that. It's nice to see that you guys can, through the TV feel like that our true like friendships and relationships. Cause Kevin and I go way back. Um, like back, he was the first college football game I ever did at Washington state. He was play by play and I was sideline and I was so nervous just to be my, like my first college football sideline outside of doing the Huskies. I'd done that. This was my first national one. And then I come to find out that Kevin Calabro is my, my play by play. Oh my gosh. It's like, this is this real life. And who would have guessed that he would end up being my, lifelong colleague and we've become so close it's been a dream come true and Lamar is just the sweetest nicest funniest dude in the world and Amara is my BFF so yeah I, I'm very lucky and I'm glad that I'm glad that that comes through and you guys can see that because it's very sincere and very genuine well yeah, your, your chemistry is through the roof it definitely comes across good I'm glad <laughs> for sure like like I said a little bit earlier you you were without a doubt my favorite sideline reporter halftime reporter everything like i just enjoy every time you're on every time i get a video on facebook with you talking with the players it's like i do watch them so thank you uh once again though i appreciate you so much for taking time out of your out of your you know busy schedule talk with us um is there anything else you want to talk about before we let you go let's see no just i i get you know get excited i want to actually you know i want to give a nice pat on the back to our fans and i know i've been talking about them a lot but why not um, during this season, you know, obviously there were some, some downtime, some unfortunate situations, but I got to say, I was super impressed with the continued support. Um, you, our fans are so educated, so in the know, you know, they're, they know everything, they know the ins and outs of everything. And even though the, the main players were not playing towards the end of the season, I loved the support that the, the fans showed a uh, Greg Brown, Trendon Watford, you know, Josh Hart until he, until he sat and it, they were all in on whoever was playing. And that's just the kind of fan base that you guys are where it's, we're here to support the team, no matter who's on the floor. And then, you know, then you, you jump on these fun storylines with these young guys and you want to know more about them. And then, you know, towards the end, I started doing one-on-ones with the assistant coaches. So you, you guys could get to know them better. Um, Cause there's one, it, was, it really wasn't about the matchup towards the end of the year is more about let's, let's use this time to get to know, you know, these guys and get to know like what the goals are in the future. And so I just loved the fans showed up. I mean, the last couple of games, it was packed, you know, and I loved that. And I know the last game was a lot to do with maybe like Sean Lee's farewell, which, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. It was just his 94th. It was his 93rd birthday. He's 93rd birthday. He just yeah. had, which is unbelievable. Um, but I just want to give a huge kudos, kudos to you guys for continuing continuing your support even through the downtimes the rough times and i just can't wait to see what happens next year and i think it's going to be worth the wait totally agree once again brooke seriously thank you for joining us i i can't even can't even explain how excited we were when we <laughs> when we saw that you were like yeah i'll do it we were so excited so thank you once again of course i'm glad it thank worked you out so thank much. you for having me let's do it again sometime i love it all right you everybody that's you. listening thank you for listening and as always rip city baby huh?